let's get ready to rumble. Filthy gang. Welcome back to Unpack Filth. <laughs> I am your host, E with a K, and I have decided to start taking whore baths because there's no hot water in this bitch. That's fucking terrible. I'm your host, E with a C, and I've literally never seen so many outside critters on the inside. That sounds even worse than what the fuck I got going on. (laughs) (laughs) We're both in hell. (laughs) Take a look at our dating hell episode, and then welcome to this new fresh hell where we talk about the struggles living in Boston. Which, you know, I am so sorry I made Boston look like the promised land. I'm like, it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. Our dating lives are going to improve. Well, like, our apartments will be, like, a little bit doper. I was dead wrong. I was wrong in all this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, the mask. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Oh. <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> oh, my God. Where was it? Oh, God. It just, like, came in from the living room into the kitchen, crawled under the stove. Because your friend, like, I've never properly heard you scream or freak out. (laughs) So when you do, it is a gem. Oh, I was just not expecting that. I thought it was safe. So we're actually not talking about hell today. What are we actually talking about today? Today, we're going to be talking about toxic work environments that come with this toxic-ass city where there's no hot water, small rooms, trash-ass men. I mean, are we just having a time? And fucking rodents that run towards you. (laughs) Uh, I was, (laughs) side note, I was texting the guy that I'm actually um, talking to at the moment, and I was saying how, like, I can't wait to move out of Boston eventually because, you know, these fucking rats are everywhere. And he was like, oh, that bad? And I was like, these little fuckers be roaming, okay? <laughs> like, they are serious about whatever the hell they got going on. About the cold, about, like, the food, which I have, like, sealed up the food, but they are fucking serious. They're not here to take any names. They are not here to play any games. They are just here to let you know that you are never safe. You are not safe in your home. (laughs) They're like, this is my city, bitch. I don't understand, like, what kind of city girl you thought you were. I am the city girl in this bitch. (laughs) Yeah, they're basically like rat, rat, city, bitch. (laughs) Haunt you in your nightmares, bitch. Oh, my God. Okay. It's going to be... Back to the work. We're going to reel it in. Um, Yeah, so toxic work environments. Um... This topic came to the forefront because I recently had a run-in with one of my coworkers that don't even work in my fucking building. (sighs) What did she do? And what did she do to you personally? What did she do to make this place a toxic work environment? And should we, like, before we, like, get into all this, can you just tell us what Google told us a toxic work environment is? (sighs) I would love to tell you what the Google says. The Google tells us that 
A toxic work environment is a workplace that is marked by significant drama and infighting where personnel battles often harm productivity. In addition, the environment that neg negatively impacts the viability of an organization. I hear a lot of organization talk. Yeah, I mean, essentially they're like, well, it's really about the business and we actually don't give a fuck about the people. <laughs> so with these toxic work environments, um, I define it as similar to what the definition said, like significant drama infighting, but also um, aggressions and microaggressions that are inflicted on you, the, the worker, um, either daily or, you know, a significant amount of time. What about you? How do you define toxic workplace? Mm. So much gaslighting. So much fucking gaslighting. Where you feel crazy for even having complaints to begin with. And a lot of minimizing of what you do. Yeah. I would echo that because with the gaslighting, you know, we talked about it in our hustle culture series where we said that a lot of times you're supposed to feel grateful that you're employed and you're supposed to feel grateful that you even have a place to come to work and make money. But that is not a invitation to wreak havoc on your life and have people say what the, whatever the fuck they want to say to you. in you know, the most in my um, work environments in the most like passive aggressive way. And kind of just make you feel like shit being employed is not an invitation for abuse by anyone not your boss not your coworkers, whatever exactly so we're going to take the time to dissect in this episode um not only our own personal situations but situations that you the listener might have encountered in your um in your work history and we're also going to include some red flags on what to look for when you're going on interviews, especially in this time of pandemic where like, if you get a job, you pretty much, you know, it's going to be hard to move away from that job if something were to come up. So um, hopefully these are things that we, you guys can take with you. Right. So I kind of want to hear more about your coworker first, like your coworker example and her bitch ass of making your workplace a toxic work environment. Hmm. Well, listen, I first of all want to acknowledge that I got into a job at the tail end of the pandemic because obviously I needed money. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so this job I have never really done before. Um, it's in payroll. So that's pretty much all I'll be saying about that. And with the job that I have, I've been experiencing a lot of learning curves. And so this person took it upon herself to respond to an email that I was, um, I was copied on because I seemingly looked like I made a mistake. Um, and essentially what happened was I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm trying to pick my words carefully. Um, but anyway, what happened was her email response to me after I, um, you know, addressed the situation, she said, 
Erica, you need to vet this information before giving it to me, and you need to give it to me by Monday so we won't be having fire drills every Tuesday afternoon. Fire <laughs> drills? Uh, <laughs> All right. So I was like, first of all, let me do some self-reflection. Was this, in fact, my fault? I reflected, I did some research, and I was like, hmm, actually, the person who responded to this email sent me an email in December saying how she addressed the situation and that um, the code that I was supposed to put in was put in correctly and that she would take care of it on her end because her role in this is I provide her the code that she needs to input on her side. That's what happened. So, turns out, lo and behold, the code was put in on my side. On her side, she forgot to go back and address the situation on her side. So, I, being the little minx that I am, went into my receipts, went in, did a little digging, and I was like, let me find a paper trail. First of all, filthies, we're not going to give tips in this episode but one tip that I have from your homegirl, Eve the K, keep all your fucking receipts, keep all your emails in a little folder for things that happen. If you have a situation that you resolve via phone, follow up with an email and saying, like, we talked about this, we addressed this, and this was the result. Always keep your receipts because what a bitch won't do is try you. Okay? I mean, they will, but always have your receipts. Exactly. So I came back and I was like, thank you so much for addressing your concerns, blah, blah, blah. Um, I actually have an email here where I thought that you resolved the situation in December. Um, You know, so I don't know what's going on with that, but, you know, thank you. Here you go. I didn't say all that, but that was me paraphrasing in a little bitchy tone. But I say that to say, It was just the way that she went about it. And I'm going to preface this also by saying that I've gotten a lot of, like, passive-aggressive emails from this group of people in the office. And so I was just kind of like, all right, bitches, like, stop talking to me any type of way. Because that's just uncalled for. (laughs) Because it's only been, like, two weeks where I've been working by myself post-training Mm-hmm. So I personally feel like I mean they just need to like calm down like we're all stressed out like I can admit when I make a mistake I'm not over here saying like my shit don't stink but also like I am still learning and this is not even my field <laughs> right not to mention like even if it is your field it takes about six months to truly master a job even if it is your field like, to not have any questions, to just be, like, solo dolo, barely needing any help. Yeah, I agree. Because, I mean, I've been on all ends of it. I've been the new person. I've been the manager. I've been just the middle-of-the-way worker that's just here to collect a check. Like, I've been all of it. And I definitely understand, like, at some point in management, you're like, okay, I'm sick of your mistakes. Like, we need to address this. But I, I have never purposely disrespected people um, or make any snide comments to my knowledge. I'm pretty sure that I haven't though. 
even with people that like I didn't like their work or I didn't like you know what they were producing for me or you know I've I've always ranted to you even with a C on all my like work drama and even the lowest of the low like the worst people like I always come to them with respect because that's literally the bare minimum that people deserve Exactly. I think people are under the impression that respect is earned, not given, and it that's what fucks up people's mindset. Like, you should just be giving respect to people. You don't have to, like, treat them with deference or anything like that, but you shouldn't be coming at them all sideways. Yeah, like, don't make it seem like I'm all delicate and I can't handle constructive criticism, because I definitely can, but in the same, you know, breath, like, always just approach people with like some empathy of like, okay, like I know that you're still learning. Here's how to better do this or offer some help (laughs) or something. So that was what happened. Have you experienced anything similar in your um, work offices or wherever you've worked? Ooh, okay. (laughs) Oh, So I guess now is the portion where we're going to get into story time about, like, fucked up bosses and, like, just fucked up work environments. Off the top, the legal field, I believe, harvests this type of passive-aggressive, gaslighting, minimalization type bullshit, especially for legal administration. Because lawyers are generally, like, I went to eight years of school. I went to four years of law school. And you are my piddly little assistant. Just, you know, in some cases taking my dictation. Other times, like, sorting the mail. Like, doing all the back-end work. So they can do, like, the rest of it. But what they fail to acknowledge is that a good assistant is worth more than their weight in gold. Like, they can't do anything without their fucking assistant. But they still, like, gaslight and trivialize them. And in some cases, make them do the dirty work when they don't want to look like the bad guy. So, one of the very first offices I worked in when I first moved up to Boston was a commercial real estate firm. And I was told I would be doing one job and then came up here and basically found out I was an office bitch. Mm. So... They did a lot of gaslighting to me. Like, um, one of them asked me to do redlining. Actually, I don't even think this is gaslighting. I think this is straight up aggression. And then, like, it made me feel stupid. But they asked me to redline a document. I had no idea what that meant. Basically, it's something in Microsoft Word. And it's just, like, a quick function that you have to do. I didn't know that. I've never had to use that in any of my other offices. I'd never had to use that at work. And he's, like, the attorney that asked me to do this. And I was, like, I don't know what that is. He's like, oh, what are you, an idiot? Did they not teach you anything in South Carolina? Like, what do you all do down there? And I was like, not this. <laughs> we don't redline. I just find the mistakes and fix them. Um, and they just, like, handwrite whatever changes they want made, and I fix them. <sighs> so that kind of set the tone for the rest of my time there, because it would, it would just be me coming against things I've never encountered before being like I don't know what this is and trying to figure it out and them calling me stupid and then I started to believe that I was stupid like I was too stupid to be an office bitch 
And really, I was like, wait, I've gone to school for, like, history and politics and, like, whatever other fucking minors I had. And I have a paralegal certificate. So I'm too good for this job. (laughs) I'm just too good for this job. Not to mention, like, they were that liberal type of racist where they're not, like, you know, Southern racism is really different. It's in your face. You know, like, that person doesn't like Black people or Latinx people. But they're like, you know, there's just something about that side of the neighborhood that it's just not safe. And, you know, the property is not great. And it's like, all right, like, I know what this is. A bunch of black people live there. And you're afraid of black people. Or, you know, there's something about her that I just don't like. Like, oh, she's a woman. That's what you don't like about her. So, you know, it's very northern racism and sexism. You start to believe that you're incompetent when, in fact, you're just learning. Or you had never, like you said, encountered such a thing before. And honestly, like, redlining, I've never personally done it, but... It's something that you could figure out and he didn't have to like call you stupid or like attack where you came from. So <sighs> we get a lot of that. And I mean, horrible bosses, <laughs> honestly, like when I worked in retail, when I was a manager in retail, <laughs> uh, I feel like Toxic work environments usually start from the top down. Now, sometimes there's like clicks and, you know, little side groups in work environments, especially if you're like in an office setting. Um, However, when you work for a fast paced work environment and you need to produce a lot of results, um, that stress can affect the upper management, sure. But, like, if you're the one actually producing the results, then it all kind of falls on you. And that, at least that's in my experience. With my boss, I remember, like, working, like, 59 hours a week, like, almost 60 hours a week. Um, I had strep throat. And my boss at the time was, like, well, are you going to be able to cover your store? And I was like, well, I have my people working there and it should be fine if I take like a day or two off and I have strep throat, so I'm contagious and I'm not trying to give our customers (laughs) strep throat. And he was like, well, just take a pack, like you'll be fine. And I'm like, yeah, there's no doubt that I'm going to be fine. However, like, you can do without me for like a day or two or a week. Cause I was entitled to a week of sick time, but Mm -hmm. taking sick time was frowned upon because if you weren't there, then everything would just burn to the ground. Apparently. I want to point out in this story. I I think at this point at, in your job, you had not really taken any vacation. You don't really get sick like that. And when you, did get sick, like a cold or something like that, you would still go in. And again, you had strep throat, which is very fucking contagious. So he was like, you know what? I would rather you give our customers this very contagious illness that will like 
make it difficult for them to swallow and talk, then you just take some time recuperate. Yeah, and it's a symptom of, like, I don't know if this is, like, a proper term, but, like, first world society where they just assume everybody has health care. It's kind of like this pandemic. Like, everyone's like, well, you know, people are just going to get sick. I'm like, well, some people don't fucking have health care. So if they need antibiotics, they're going to get a $600 ER bill. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? On top of that, pay for the meds. So, you know, it's really inconsiderate and very short-sighted for upper management and leadership to, to, in the one hand, say, like, we really need you to take care of yourself. And, you know, we're a family here. And, you know, we're just all one team. But also, like, I need you to, like, basically kill yourself so we can make this money. <laughs> like, have you ever hated your family? Yeah, that's the kind of family we are. So, fuck you and your body and your mental health and your physical health. Oh, like, don't get me started on, like, mental health. And, like, we've already touched in a few episodes where, like, we just broke down crying because it was just too much. Always cry on capitalism's time. I was in a gaslighting environment. You were in a, also kind of a gaslighting environment. Can we talk about the work, toxic work environment where it literally controls every bit of your time? And you kind of touched on that by working, like, 60 hours a week. And I think you're softballing it there. Oh, you think I'm soft? I mean, yeah, I am. I once had a paycheck that was, like, you worked, I think it was, like, 63 hours. And that's cool. That's in one week. Awesome. We kind of talked about it in the episode where we talked about finances and needing to make money. They really take advantage of the fact that people um, a lot of times ask for overtime. Your life still kind of goes on, even though you have a job that you are committed to and you work at every day. And so, like I said, taking time off is either frowned upon or they try to make you feel bad about taking time off or even like going on your vacation. They'll I've had work environments where they would approve your vacation and then call you on your vacation and expect you to answer work shit on your vacation. I've also had a coworker whose grandmother died and my boss at the time made her feel bad for going to the funeral because she couldn't really afford to take off because she was understaffed. How dare she? I mean, I'm, grandma's already dead. It doesn't matter. Take your grief <laughs> and sell, damn it. <laughs> I mean, basically. <laughs> and I'm laughing because it's so ridiculous because, you know, we're going to talk about, like, our surprise when we moved away from these toxic work environments later in the episode. But, I mean, when you're in it, you're just like, is this normal? That's the other part of gaslighting. Like, you really question, like, well, am I just being like weak or like am I not um understanding like this is just how it is one I thought I was so sensitive at how these people were treating me because I was like I feel terrible all the fucking time and am I just weak and then when I decided even though I didn't really have a good backup plan I decided I was just gonna fucking quit and I was like berating myself while I was unemployed I was like I was so weak not being able to take that And I should have been able to take that. Like, I had internalized that and started gaslighting myself for demanding better work environments. Right. And it's one thing to kind of hear that on the outside. But 
a lot of times your internal talk sets the tone for your outlook on life, like your mood. Like once you get into someone's head and they kind of change their mindset into the toxicity that is in their external life, then there's really no going back to it without extensive help. Like I remember I would have to like talk you down and like really reassure you that it's not you, it's them and they're fucked up. And, you know, I could just tell like you still really felt bad and was down on yourself. Yeah, it's kind of like Stockholm Syndrome. Like it really doesn't take that long to break a person down, especially if you're in there like eight hours a day, five days a week. Like if you're spending most of your time in that environment, it's not going to take that long to break a person down. Yeah, and when people say, like, oh, there's 24 hours in a day, listen, (laughs) there's about 12 waking hours, Mm -hmm. if you're lucky. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And those waking hours, like, I remember spending, uh, I mean, my shifts were so long. I, I once, like, worked, like, 14 hours for, like, a week. And then, oh, yeah, Filthies, this other one. I had to fire my whole staff. One was stealing and then another one quit on me. And um, I had to work open to close six, most of the time, seven days a week for a month. And so I basically lived at my store. <laughs> and I would I would wake up at like seven o'clock. I'd get into my store. I'd work all day, talk to people, barely have time to eat. And then... I would close, it would be about nine o'clock, then I would have to like go home. And I have a dog, so like my dog is just like sitting looking at me like, what the fuck? Like, what is this? Bad eyes out the window. Yeah. Outside again. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, dog. (laughs) Also, we definitely need to talk about toxic work people. Hey, tired work bitches. Are y'all crying on capitalism's time yet? If you're not, you better. Actually, you should start right now. Just crank it up. Crank up the tears. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, for our next segment, we're going to um, talk about work bitch assness. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't be a whole audience. (laughs) So so work bitch assness is the toxic work environment with your coworkers. So we kind of went over um, how our bosses were toxic. And then I had a a lovely little story about this recent situation. But E with a C, you want to share any work bitch assness that you've encountered throughout the years? Yes. I'm going to talk specifically about the Scotty Pippins of the workplace. Am I calling them the Scotty Pippins? Because they're the ones that help with the assist. And they make the toxic work environment seem like you're the one that's crazy by thinking it's toxic. They're the yes men. They're the people who just kind of like sit there and really do nothing. While still being like, oh yeah, this person's a great boss. This is a great place to work. Blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile. You see them talking about how much they have to work and how much they have to do. They don't do anything and they just like yuck of the boss. 
and you're like, mm, you don't really do anything. And you're making my job difficult by not doing anything. And if you work in real estate like me, like you have to deal with borrowers and buyers. And you are making these particular people very pissed. Which, again, makes my job very hard. So, I, I really don't know what to do about the Scotty Pippins of a workplace. Usually I ignore them and then, you know, I've gotten bolder in my older years. Now I call them morons to their face. But don't do that. <laughs> Unless you are secure in your workplace. Because if you're not secure and you're like, ugh, a Scotty Pippin just go off on them, you never know. You never know. They could be connected to the boss somehow. They probably are connected to the boss. Because they're idiots. They can't get a job anywhere else. Oh my gosh. And I do want to point out that your your office didn't really have an HR, so you calling people idiots didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> so, I know, like every fucking law firm, except for this one that I'm at now, but it's a bigger corporation. Every fucking law firm I've been at has not had an HR, so that's how people could get away with all this like racist, homophobic, sexist shit that they would say to me and around me. And that's how I can get away with calling people fucking idiots. So, are you toxic? <laughs> I mean, I might be. Are you just a product of your toxic environment? Listen, I'm not saying what I did was right. I'm saying I did what was necessary. Oh, shit. I mean, hey, I respect it. <laughs> uh... <sighs> Any more bitch asses that you've encountered? Actually, I know you've encountered some. Give us some stories. Give us some stories. All right. Should I talk about the sauce or should I talk about the stapler witch? Hmm. That's tough because the sauce carries so many stories, but the stapler witch will really rile up the filthy. So I say talk about her. Gather around, children. <laughs> I will talk to you about the stapler winch in the forest. Oh, God. <laughs> so, no. No bullshit. This girl fucking got under my skin in the worst way. Let's first talk about the fact that I did not hire this person. She just was there when I got there. So the stapler winch goes a little something like this. She was um, a new person. And as I used to do with all new people, um, in my role, since I was also a seller, the reason why I consider her a coworker is because, you know, we would side by side sell together um, at the point where they were able to do it by themselves. Now, I was a new bitch at one point myself, but the difference was I was always eager to learn. I was always humble and I have let people show me things, even if they are in a lower position than I am, because we're all here to learn. I am not anyone special, but stapler winch had so much gall that it just got on my, under my skin. She was always late. 
she was always trying to start shit with people in the sense of she was always complaining about how, you know, she had things outside of work that she needed to do and it's not fair that, you know, she has to do her trainings and so on and so forth. So, so Stapler Wench already got on my skin, mainly because she was late and not humble. <clears throat> so one time... And the, the reason why this is toxic is because it really made the work environment uncomfortable for other people. Because when you're late all the time and not even like giving people a heads up that you're going to be late or just skipping out of work altogether, um, it makes it hard for other people to function. Because I had other workers with kids. I also had a life. I mean, the list goes on. But she had more things, apparently, outside of work. And it was all about her. It was all about her. Um, So with Stapler Wench, she proceeded one day. She was late again. And turns out she was next door getting her nails done. Now, as a, a nail connoisseur myself, I mean, I'm the type of hoe. I get my nails done every two weeks like clockwork. Like, you will see me in a nail salon. I know how this shit goes. So she doesn't call me. And the conversation I had before with her, I was like, hey, if you're going to be late, like, just let me know so I can plan accordingly, X, Y, and Z. You know, the same old, like, manager shit. Cool. And I wasn't even tripping off the fact that she was late all the time. I was just like, you know, let a hoe know. So she did it, long story short. And when I called her, or no, no, no. When she got into work finally after, like, two hours... I sit down with her. I was like, hey, you were late. Like, you know, why didn't you call me? Like how we talked about. Do you know what this host said to me? What? She said, well, I was going to call you, but the nail tech lady had my hand in her hand. Therefore, I couldn't pick up the phone and call you. And I was like, well, I mean, just use your other hand. And I'm trying to be like boss bitch, Erica, and not like. <laughs> asshole me <laughs> and I said it like very stone cold face and I was just like well why don't you just use your other hand <laughs> she proceeds to tell me well when I reached for my phone the lady would take my other hand and then I just couldn't use any of my hands to call you <laughs> now you're just insulting my intelligence also she kind of told the nail lady like hold on a second like hold up one second I need to call my boss. Yep. All right. Yeah. So that was the, that was the, the, that's like the tone of a stapler winch. The reason why she's called stapler winch, and this is not my proudest moment. I do not condone this behavior at all, but I have to tell the filthies that we all have filthy moments. And this is one of mine. So this girl was late again. And it was something trivial. I think we had like an early morning meeting. And like I said, she has already set the tone of um, <laughs> of insulting my intelligence. Mm-hmm. So when she comes in late and it just set me off. And so I was like, I don't understand why you don't respect anything going on here. And I was like, I had to get... Um, one of my workers 
she had three kids at the time. And so she had a hard time getting to work early. So I was like, the only time we can do this is early in the morning. Um, I think I gave her gas money. Like, you know, I'm just like, you know, trying to get everybody here for the meeting or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so she was late. And like people who have other shit going on as well made it a point to respect everyone's time and come to work on time, etc. So I flipped out on her because she lied to my face again. I don't remember what she said because I blacked out. And next thing I knew, um, one of my assistant managers was holding me back because I had a stapler in my hand and I was going to throw it at her. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask, like, does this end with a stapler being thrown at someone? Yeah. Like, and- <laughs> so stapler wench <laughs> pushed me to the point where I wanted to throw inanimate objects at her in a work environment and you know the moral of the story is sometimes the toxic work environment becomes you and you yourself become toxic (laughs) you just run around calling people idiots and throwing staplers maybe almost (laughs) I never idiot to her face I many a times called my Pippin an idiot (laughs) Yep. So I can pivot now into um, the sauce. Uh, The sauce. So filthies. The deal with the sauce is this. I'm not going to hold you too long. But um, I at the time was a young person coming in. And this person had been at the in the industry rather for over like 15 years. And for whatever reason, he wasn't getting promoted. I soon found out why he wasn't getting promoted. Because he was a fucking asshole. Um, So I come in. And the aggression is, like, immediate. He squints his little beady eyes at me. And he is just, like, looking me up and down. Asking me, like, what my experience was. And I was new to the industry. And so the sauce always proceeded to make it a point that he didn't understand why I had such a bigger and better title than he did. And he doesn't understand why um, he was always overlooked for promotions when he was just always drunk at work. (laughs) I, I mean, I don't understand. Like why would being drunk at work, which slows you down and impairs you, like why would that Keep you from getting a promotion. Mysteries. Yeah. So he always made it a point to talk about how long he's been working. He would undermine me in front of people. He would make it a point to um, be very ageist against me because I was 20 years younger than him. And so he would just always talk to the customers and say how... Um, well, I'm young, and so, you know, maybe Erica, like, doesn't understand your point of view, et cetera, et cetera. So he would really, like, outwardly put me down in front of people and to my face. So the sauce, <laughs> the sauce, the sauce would always make it a point to not come to work because he was either hungover or I don't know what he was doing. Um, so one day the sauce 
proceeds to send me a drunk text message telling me how um, he tells me, me this, and I'm crazy, so I don't know who he thought I was, but he had me fucked up that day. <laughs> but the sauce sent me a text message because I had made um, a decision that didn't go in his favor because it just wasn't right. Sent me a text message saying how if I want people to respect me being that I'm my age, then I need to start um, listening to what he has to say and what his input is because I'm apparently not doing a good job. Oh, and he's clearly the most respected of all, right? Nobody liked this asshole. No one liked this fucker. Um, And, you know, if people hated me, I would feel some type of way too. But, you know, I don't give a fuck about you because, listen, Sauce... <laughs> like I said, you had me fucked up. And so what I did in the petty way, and I'm gonna wrap this up by saying, he sent me this text message and I did not have to work that day. So I got up early as I normally did. And I drove an hour to work before the store was open. I sat, no, no, no. I parked behind the store, entered through the back. So he wouldn't see that I was there. So when he came in, he would think, like, no one was at the store. I sat at my desk, and I waited. I waited for his bitch ass so I can basically tell him to eat shit in the most professional way possible. Yeah, and you never want to, like, enter a room that someone has just been waiting for you. And for some reason, I picture this with the lights off, just you watching a clock as it goes tick, 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 and just waiting. That's terrifying. The lights were off, and you know my brand of dramatic? I was waiting on his ass in my chair at my desk, <laughs> legs crossed. I'm not bullshitting. Like, I actually did this. Because <laughs> he pissed me off for the last time. God. So, of course, Sauce comes in, surprised. And I mean, picture the stupidest fucking face you can possibly imagine. Like, mouth agape, like, Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I said, hello, Sauce. How are you? He was like, I'm fine. And I said, we need to talk because you sent me um, a very interesting message last night, and we need to address it. Long story short, I addressed it, and I said, if you ever speak to me that way again, you will definitely be promoted to customer, and I will make sure that you know it was me. And I definitely bought out some really interesting sass that I did not know I possessed. And after that, he was like, you know what? I think we got, what did he say? I think we got off to a really bad foot and it's partially my fault. And I was like, partially? He was like, well, it was mostly my fault. And I do understand, like, you know, you're a great boss and blah, 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 feeding me bullshit. And he asked me for a hug. Now. This is toxic because you don't just, like, hug people. And I said, I don't think that's appropriate. So, you know, I'm just going to go home. And you think about this conversation that we had today. And like I said, never send me a text message like that ever again if it doesn't pertain to work. Then I walked out, went home. (laughs) 
And, you know, just to put another little layer of detail here, this is an hour drive. Oh, yes. I drove an hour just so I can show him that you will not fuck with me. Not near one day in your Mm-mm. fucking life. Because I will destroy you. It was mostly my fault. And by that, I mean all the way my fault. But I'm not going to admit all that. Yeah. So when I eventually fired him, um, it was like the best day of my life. No bullshit. <laughs> Work, bitch ass <laughs> The toxicity was when they were just undermining you and, like, they were already relying. See, this is my thing. They can't rely on you so much and then, like, not respect your input. Right. Because, honestly, so when I left, the person who was supposed to replace me, like, this person was my assistant. But then he got bounced around to different departments because they're like, he's smart. Which, he was kind of, he was starting his own way. So he got bounced around everywhere. Then I left. Then he replaced me. And he left two weeks after me because he said, y'all are relying on me to do too much shit. It's too chaotic. And I don't give a fuck anymore. Like, I'm tired of trying to clean up your messes. And you're not taking me seriously when I tell you this needs to be done. And Eric has told you this needs to be done. Mhm. Yeah. And you know, you find out very soon after, especially when you leave a toxic work environment and then it's very satisfying when other people are like, "You were right. This shit is bad." <laughs> it really is. Yeah. And I don't know, like work bitch assness, it just comes from a variety of people who like just don't want to come to work and actually have a collaborative effort and get things done, produce, whatever the fuck it is. And like we said in our last episodes, like, working hard is fine. Like, you know, at the end of the day, like, my overtime paychecks were very nice. However, I'm not sure if they were worth it because there's a lot of time that I can't get back. There's a lot of time that I spent, like, really stressed out and pretty much, like, grinding myself to the bone in, like, mental paperwork for shit that I just couldn't quite get around because it was so ridiculous. Like, you can't conquer something or, like, do well in it when it's just not, it's not even possible. Mm -hmm. And it leaves you empty to do other things you want to do. Like, I remember trying to push myself doing pole and everything. And I don't know what would have happened if the pandemic hadn't hit and I was still working in an office. But I was trying to push myself in this very taxing physical sport, hobby, whatever you want to call it. And not really sleeping, not really having time to eat. And just pushing myself. I think I would have crashed even more than I did. Had I still been, if I had been doing pole as much as I did at the beginning of 2020. Mm-hmm. Because I, like, I would leave for work at 6.45, 7 o'clock in the morning, get to work about 7.30. And most nights, I wouldn't leave anywhere between 8 o'clock at night to 11.30 at night. Yeah, so with all of that, I mean... 
these toxic work environments where we sacrifice like our work-life balance we have to mentally keep ourselves from jumping off a cliff um and like the draining the draining nature of it all a lot of times you can tell before you even get hired on that some place is toxic right right but unfortunately you kind of have to go through that experience to see what the red flags are much mm-hmm. like a relationship. Yikes! That's a whole other episode. But um, what are some red flags when you are maybe sitting down for the interview or um, in the initial talks with a potential employer or even in the first couple days? Right. So one of the red flags that I didn't realize was a red flag until this, till my prior job was if they sit you down for one interview and they're already asking you to come in, like, the next day. Like, being hired that quickly, now I'm like, oh, that's kind of a red flag for something. Especially if you've already told them, well, no, I'm working another job, so... Like, I was working part-time at Urban Access, and they asked me to... The last law firm asked me to come in on a Wednesday. And I was like, no, I have to work that day. And they're like, well, you can you come in this other day? And I'm like, I also have to work that day, but I don't have to work until about 4 o'clock. And they're like, well, you can come in for part of it. And now I'm like, for a full-time job, and you want me to come in for part of the day when I should be training the whole day, and you haven't even really told me what I'm going to do, that feels sketch. Yeah, that leads me into another red flag, which is like, um, like kind of vague descriptions of what you'd be doing or, you know, like kind of talking about all the positives about the, the job, which as a person who worked for a toxic ass company, I mean, not only worked for, but hired people for this company, a lot of times when when businesses want to keep it short and vague like oh yeah you'll be doing this and you know these are the hours and whatever and trying to like skip the meat of it especially in these like middle well I don't know what to call them but they're just kind of like not exactly career jobs but like they're just a job they are not trying to mislead you but they're just definitely trying to get someone anyone to say yes and uh, then it starts and then you get hired on and you realize oh these people are crazy <laughs> oh, I've made a mistake <laughs> damn it well, another one that I have is if they don't really listen to you in the interview and what I mean by that is when I was interviewing for a firm up here in Boston I ended up working for them that was a crazy gaslighting place the attorney who was interviewing me kept cutting me off and wouldn't really listen to my answers. And then he would repeat what I was trying to say, but like it was all jumbled and repeat things that his assistant told him. So one of the questions is like, Oh, you're from North Carolina. Right. And that's like kind of a common mistake that people make up here. I don't know why, but whatever. And, and, and then I would say, well, no, I'm from South. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 yeah you're, you're from there. Yep. I'm from there. So you went to where again? You went to you went to a college. I'm like, 
I went to Converse. Okay, yeah, you went to a college. I'm like, okay. So I'm just what what are we doing here? And he would say, like, well, my assistant's very impressed with you. So, you know, once as soon as you can move up here. And at that point, I was very desperate for a job because I just wanted to move out of South Carolina. I was like, ah, I can move blah 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 day. Like I can be up there for this day. Yeah. That's like really sucks because then the interview is where you establish a rapport and the fact that he just was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's so. Yeah. And you know what? He kept that rapport almost the entire time. There are a few times that he would try to joke with me, but most of the time he would cut me off. And the final straw was him telling me what I could listen to on my headphones. I was like, I don't know. On your personal headphones that have nothing to do with him. Love it. He's like, listening to a podcast? No. I'm like, fuck this shit. Uh, Another red flag (laughs) that also causes you to be like, you know what? Fuck this shit. Um, Is not seeing anyone in the company move up. Now, I know I talked about the sauce and how he was not getting promoted. The difference was that he was not getting promoted because of him. But if they are not promoting people because of the company structure or um, they don't see an interest in, like, giving any raises after a few years, anything like that. That's kind of a red flag for me because they just want people to pretty much like do the same thing every day for like 30 years and that's cool that's a prior generation that I just don't want to be a part of right Mm -hmm. (laughs) but a lot of times like I guess millennials get a lot of flack because like we move around and jobs a lot but a lot of times it's because there's no upward mobility there's no like real investment in the company and the people because I feel like if you're not promoting people then you're not really interested in the growth of your business right um, and I've worked in a couple of law firms that were very small law firms. People have been there for years and years. And I used to take that as a sign of, okay, this is a stable place to work. And this is a good place to like, you know, kind of have a career. But now if I interview at a place and I don't hear people, If I don't hear, like, people say, well, I've had the opportunity to move up or, oh, there's more training available here and you have potential to move up. If I don't, like, hear any of that and I don't really see any of that, then it's a no for me. It just shows an inability to change. And it shows that more than likely you're going to run to some racist, homophobic, and misogynist ideas real quick. Yeah, they kind of go hand in hand a lot of times I've seen. Um, funny how that happens (laughs) interesting I've noticed as a red flag as well is um, there's no real like learning curve like if they kind of just throw you into the sharks which has definitely happened to me like not knowing anything like maybe a week or two of training and then like bam like you gotta like go um I've definitely been in work environments where I had no choice but to train people very quickly, but um, 
like I said, I think giving grace to people that are still learning. And like you said, it takes a couple of months to like understand your job and do it and do it well. So I think that's a red flag when they're just like, okay, go. And you make a mistake. Well, you're just trash. <laughs> what an idiot. Yeah. Oh God. This just reminded me of like another red flag, not in the interview process, but like in the first few days. Mm-hmm. When you show up to the fucking office and people who work there have no idea who you are and what you're supposed to do. Because usually, like, they'll give people a heads up, like, this person's kind of, like, at least one other person. Like, mm-hmm. this person is supposed to come in and they'll be doing blah, blah, blah. And, oh, I guess this goes, like, with another, like, part A, like, a little subsection of this. If you don't know who's supposed to be training you, it just shows like a complete chaos, a lack of communication within that environment. And you will probably be doing like two or three other people's jobs because there's no real set guidelines. Like the person who trained me was in the funding department. I was originally hired to be a receptionist. And it made zero sense. It made zero sense why this person was uh, training me. And then she ended up getting fired. Another red flag is if you notice that there's no diversity. Now, here's the thing. I will preface that by saying um, a lot of times you're in a town (laughs) where there's just a majority of a certain demographic. That is a thing. Sure. Um. But I will say that if there is no, like, age diversity or there's no, you know, ethnic diversity, then overall it's kind of a red flag because they might be racist. (laughs) And, you know, another thing, I worked at a company where they put all the Spanish-speaking people in one location. And listen, the the place had a lot of Spanish-speaking people, but in the same breath, like, you just want to, like, gather all the types of people that speak Spanish into that one location and not, like, diversify or allow them to move outward. Mm, it feels a little like racism. It just seems a little weird to say. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I'll like, also say, like, Boston, Massachusetts is not one of those places that is a majority white town. Like, yeah, there are a lot more, there are a lot more white people than black people, but almost every firm I've been at has been majority white. And I'm like, mm, this don't sit right. Why am I the only minority again? Exactly. And like I said... I I said this to one of my um, coworkers. I was like, you know, I'm sure you get a lot of applications and a lot of people um, apply to this job. Like, I don't really understand how they're just like nobody of any other background besides, you know, X, Y, and Z, like whatever it is at the time. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of weird to me if you don't have any diversity at all. In conclusion... In 2021, 
it just seems like we, me and you've been through a lot. And I'm sure the filthies, you guys have gone through a lot in your environments at work. Um, what do we need to be doing going forward to, I don't know, have a different work environment going forward? All right. So I'm going to say off the top, I'm very privileged in that I work from home and I could technically not really set my own schedule. Like I can take breaks when I want to. Um, What has helped me is really set into place. Like I'm not going to work past a certain time. And for the most part, I respect that. Like at the very latest, I'm not willing to work past six o'clock. So that'll give me like a nine hour work day. But I make sure to take multiple stretching breaks. And I've started this thing where every hour or so, every two hours maybe, I get up and spot clean around the house for 15 minutes. And then I sit down and get back to work. And it's been a very restorative activity for me to kind of get through the workday. Because it's very draining to just get up. I still get ready. I still put on clothes. I still put on makeup. But get ready and then just go to the living room and then work and kind of have in your mindset, like, there's really nothing keeping you from not working all the days, all the hours. Very true. Um, One thing I would say in moving forward in your work environment is... Like, make it a point, especially if you worked in work in retail or, like, an environment where you really are discouraged from taking breaks or you're not really able to take a break. Um, push, the, push the issue. Like, if you need to eat while you're at work, eat. And I used to tell my people when we were very understaffed, I was like, just lock the door and like take your break because Mm -hmm. you know, they, they were crazy. They had like one person in a store at one point. It was stupid, but um, yeah, take your break, like lock the door if you have to. I mean, it's not like, especially if you're a worker and, and you're just working at the place and you're not any type of management. I mean, they one have to give you a break and two, like, what are they going to do? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, and I, and I used to get into my brain like, oh, I, I can't lock the door. Or I can't, like, take my break because whatever fucking reason. Like, honestly, legally, they have to give you a break for at least 15 minutes, 30 minutes if you've been working over eight hours. So take a break. Mm-hmm. And on that note, unfortunately, I'm in, um, I'm in a company where you have to earn your vacation time. But take your full fucking vacation. Take it. Because then when you leave, you have to be in the whole rigmarole of, well, in these last two weeks, do I take my vacation? Oh, you won't let me take my vacation? Well, then you have to pay me out. And then you have to rely on them to remember to pay you out. And then if they don't, then you have to think, hmm, let me push them. And if I still don't get paid, they're definitely getting a call to the attorney general because they they have to compensate me. So just take your fucking vacation. Take it in full. Yeah. And sorry. Go ahead. These corporations, these companies, 
They do not give a single solitary fuck about you, even though they're like, we're family. No, they don't fucking care. Yeah, this is exactly what I was about to say. Like, at the end of the day, when you leave that job, they stop caring about you. And you can be with a tight-knit work crew. I don't care. Like, I've been part of some really tight work crews. As soon as you leave, like, it's, like, on to the next. Like, um, especially if you know that you're going to leave, a lot of times I've been told by a lot of HR that if you know that you're going to leave, um, put in for your vacation, use up your vacation, and then put in your two weeks. I definitely wish I had done that um, at this last firm. I, I've done it in most of my other firms. Mm-hmm. But this last one. Um, but he paid me out, like, right away and gave me a bonus. That dude was great. Um, mm-hmm. But this last one, I should have taken my vacation in full. I tried to tell you that you didn't take a vacation, but you didn't want to listen to me. <laughs> I was like, I have to get all this money in overtime because she doesn't pay me. She just doesn't pay me enough. Yeah, that leads me to another thing. Um, I know it seems like in the moment when you're in it, like everything is like debilitating and you don't have any choices or you don't have any, like, you just feel like you have to just grin and bear it, but you don't. Take a step back if you're in it and realize that you can make alternate decisions. You don't have to throw staplers at people. (laughs) You don't have to, like, you know, succumb to the fuckery that is your toxic work environment. If people make you feel like shit, um, you don't have to take that. And don't. You deserve better. You deserve the best. Unless you're a piece of shit, then, you know, you don't deserve the best. But I can eh, pretty confidently say Filthy Fam is not full of pieces of shit. you need me to, I will go to your work and sit in a dark room and wait for your upper management to come in and fucking fuck their shit up with words. Because I can do it. Or just yell out, like, your boss's name. Where the fuck is Mark? show your face little bitch (laughs) all right everyone so now we're going to go into the feedback we got on social media about terrible work experiences and before we start can i just say i love that we get input from our listeners i love this yeah i feel like it makes it more interesting and we're not like just you know ping-ponging back and forth with each other as much as I love talking to you I love talking to the filthy fam even more all right so let's dive in um you want to share one of your stories that you heard first um when we asked the question name some toxic work experiences that you've had and she said really all of them being black talented and willing to challenge the status quo doesn't work in the professional world, but what's been worse is the covert racism. I've been, I've had superiors ask me if I knew who my baby daddy was when I was pregnant, and they knew that I had a fiance at the time. I've had people literally walk up randomly defending the Confederate flag and coworkers at the same time and at the same level 
outright ask, why do I need a seat at the decision table? I have been into more boxes than I can count. 99% of them don't even apply. Been blatantly ignored, and and it doesn't seem to stop. It's trash, and honestly, entrepreneurship seems like the only way to go at this point. Thank you for sharing that and allowing us to share that. Yes, and I wholeheartedly agree. I feel like office culture, I say this over and over again, but office culture is ripe for abuse. It just is. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to share one of our shorter answers from an Instagram user when we ask any toxic work environment stories you'd like to share. This particular person said, boss called me weird because I wrote a good report on quote unquote an obscure and quote country that this boss asked for. Also in the same work environment, the director said my efforts on a huge project didn't quote unquote didn't matter because I quote unquote should do invoices, which both of those examples are just prime instances of gaslighting and trivializing and bullying in the workplace but because it's the workplace and there's that um there's a hierarchy of boss worker then it gets dismissed and this one is uh, i just can't stand it it's awful so this person wrote in at her job a married team lead who was also a preacher looked them directly in the eyes and told them, if I wasn't married, I could have you. Um, The actual supervisor, also married, brought up the fact that he saw me on Plenty of Fish, which is a dating app, in a super creepy way. Um, And then the worst part is that she was actually assaulted at work, which I don't have words for, especially since they didn't really do anything about it except for move the perpetrator. Um, I don't, I think that it's just like we were saying, it's not an invitation for abuse. And this is why I don't even like talking to coworkers about my social media. I don't like to mix like any type of work stuff with my personal stuff. And granted, they found her on her dating apps, which is completely her right to be on. Mm-hmm. but it's just it just gets so unprofessional and then it, I just can't I can't imagine like being assaulted at work and no one like taking it seriously especially in the climate that we're in and the profession that she's in I mean not saying too much about this but like this is a person that works in in the social services so they understand they should understand theoretically they should all understand yeah Ugh. That's fucking awful. That's it's disgusting. It's awful. And the fact that like plenty of fish is like it's not a small thing, but it's pretty it's kinda on its way out. It's kinda mm-hmm. going the way of the dodo. And the fact that you found someone, you know how fucking hard you have to look to find someone on a dating app, especially one that's like just based on location and all that shit. I have another one from another Instagram user who DM'd us their story. And actually, it's like a turducken of a story, like story within a story. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Or maybe it's a trifle because it's like story layered on story. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So this person wrote in and said, I only worked for for him for four months and one of those is my notice period. So I'm guessing within like the two weeks of quitting. There were major red flags in the interview process, but especially if you're like an admin or an executive assistant, especially to a C-level execs. He was a CEO, I was the assistant, and it wasn't my first time in the job. It can be easy to ignore those red flags, especially because everyone thinks that the CEO is crazy. Can 100% confirm. It doesn't necessarily mean that he is. They just usually are more difficult to work with. The major red flag I miss, and this will help anybody who's in the same situation, is that you look at a job description, you need to look at the previous part. Is that when you look at the job description, you also need to work look at the previous person's job descriptions as well. In any position, not just an executive assistant position, if a person's been added more and more tasks that are a similar level and not increasing in responsibility or challenge, it's most likely a toxic work environment. Think about it this way. Has the position and the person in that previous position been allowed to grow up or out? That's the only way to know that what your experience is going to be like working for someone. This guy had been through eight assistants in 12 years, and one of them stayed on for like five years. I knew that going in that I knew that going in, but once again, totally skipped the red flags. He kept a series of menial tasks for me that were mostly redundant, had more to do with him being on a power trip than anything else. He kept three calendars, one on his iPhone, one on his Gmail, one in paper on his desk, all of them to be updated separately, and all of them had to be constantly updated. He would spend his time checking for errors to catch me in them. Which, side note, that sound, doesn't sound like he's doing a lot of his job. It's like they said earlier, it's just a power trip. Right. He was not open to streamlining this process, even when the CEO, I mean COO, had brought someone in to deal with this kind of redundancy in the company. He inherited the company from his father, and none of the clients wanted to associate with him. And it was a point where he didn't even run his own company anymore because the employees didn't want to interact with him, and it was had such bad results. This guy had never been held accountable for the way he treated people. He also didn't really do anything, like, all day. I had worked in this position before for someone else. I can deal with crazy, I can deal with tough, but only if I'm learning something from this person, and there's a reason behind it. This guy wouldn't even look at at the work or the notes he turned in on other people's stuff. After I had been hired, that my job was to keep him distracted and to be a lightning rod to keep him from getting involved from actual business. This guy was like 60 and he was a former 80s frat boy, like very Brett Kavanaugh. He was a misogynist, he was a racist, and he treated his employees horribly. My job every morning was to listen to the messages of people trying to get a hold of him. I won't say what his business was, but he basically had thousand or so very low wage, mostly minority workers as employees, employees that he kept at a part time to never pay health insurance to. Ooh, horror stories I heard from some employees trying to get some kind of help from him. Slash, he had to deal with awful situations that included racism, sexual abuse, sexual assault, just horrible mistreatment. I would tell him of these, and he would uh, he would ask not to know and to pass it to the head of HR who I know for a fact would ignore them and never deal with them. There were even times when former employees would come to the door violently angry and they would ask me to hide because they kept a separate entrance for the executives in the building. It was a really vulnerable position to be in. This isn't that serious, but it's kind of funny. He was so obsessively 
Micromanaging that he insisted on weekly meetings that I would print out copies of his junk mail inbox so he could circle which ones were junk mail. Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> when I tried to streamline this process by informing me that informing him that's probably where it would was junk mail or not, he literally pursed his lips and said, How would you know it's junk mail? Like, motherfucker, how much off-brand Viagra do you really need? Didn't say that, but wish I had. He also had a very self-involved charity that was a nightmare. His previous assistant, who I really liked, ended up taking over running it and actually turned the whole thing around and made it successful. But you could tell it was how he justified the way he treated people. It just sounds like the more old and powerful these people are, the more time they have on their hands to make other people miserable. Yeah, that's fucking it, exactly. Yeah, I mean, ugh, I can't. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Racism, sexism, and you have a weekly meeting to print out your emails and see which one is junk. Like, circle which one is junk mail. (laughs) That's like peak boomer. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing those stories with us, Instagram user. Yeah, that was great. I want to share this one. It's also pretty long, but I'll try to keep it streamlined. Firstly, I got a doozy. I worked for a refrigerator company who focused mostly on meat export. It was so toxic, owned by a husband and his wife, five PTO days a year after the first three months, but no PTO within the first six months and no leeway or flexibility. Um, The days I took off in the six months that I worked there, I had to take unpaid, and I told them in my interview that, so I could guarantee the time off. Every shipment we did was on paper, no computer system. (laughs) Love that. So not only was I reconciling the hundreds of thousands of pounds of dead animal part shipments, I was facilitating. I also had to reconcile the amount of trees that a day I was personally responsible for murdering. I had worked in logistics for four years prior, but because I was the only one besides his own daughter under 40, they claimed they wanted my suggestions for improvement, but then would laugh in my face when I made them. I love that. When I start first started, they didn't tell me that direct deposit was a benefit, so I had issues with the first couple of paychecks with my bank because I had more deposited in a physical check more than I had more than $100 before, and the bank would hold the money for a week, causing me to be late on bills. So I went to them and asked for direct deposit because the bank problem, and the husband literally laughed at me and said, I only had been there a few weeks, and I hadn't earned the right to direct deposit. What? (laughs) So that's basically saying, like, she doesn't have the right to get her paid on time. Is that what he's saying? That's what it fucking sounds like. When I put in my notice after six months in an exit interview, the daughter guilted me for the few days I had taken because she was 
all, well, I can't believe we gave you time off if you if you were just going to turn around and leave six months later. That's not cool. Over unpaid time off. <laughs> After that, I worked at a recruiter that I thought was amazing. But I had a super misogynistic male boss that was hypercritical of how I dressed and what I looked like. And I picked and picked at my work habits so hard that after this coupled with the experience I had, I spiraled into a depression and I almost went to the doctor for ADHD medication, even though my ADHD had always been mild enough for me to not need it. They fired me because I wasn't meeting my numbers after five months, even though they gave the guys on the team almost eight months to get their first clothes on a job. And they go on to say they've been through like a lot of hell, but I mean, the, the mistreatment is one thing, but then like they also treat people better than you. So not only are they capable of being better people, they just choose not to because of your sex and you know, it's just ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. It's a double, a double standard that comes into play that it's like you said, it's like, oh, okay, you can treat other people better. You're just choosing not to for me specifically because I don't fit into what you consider is someone worth treating well. Exactly. And they say sexism and racism doesn't exist and it's be it's above us. And like these are stories I'm sure that have happened within the last like I mean, pretty sure the last five years, or at least the last ten, because mm-hmm. most of people, um, you know, are a little younger our age. But, I mean, there's lots of stories. I mean, there's one, she didn't give me permission to share it, but, like, one owner of the company literally grabbed her butt at a work retreat thing. Mm-mm. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like... It's awful. It's awful for women, especially women of color, but just, like, I'm a ride for the women. Like, we get such shit all the time. Mm. And we still have to, like, come to work and be cheerful and do all the quiet, unpaid labor, like, make coffee or make sure that the little kitchen is stocked or that we have enough office supplies. Yeah. It's crazy. One last story from our Instagram users, and it's not only something that happened at her workplace, but they also shared a toxic work environment from their husband's workplace as well. Their husband's nightmare work story. Long story short, he was the head of administration at a hospital, and it was brought to his attention that the lead receptionist was fucking in the sterile medicine closet at his job. He was the only man in his job, which wasn't an issue, but this receptionist was routinely nasty to him and had bullied four other people into quitting, which is already a problem. Everyone above him, head over to the hospital, was out of office for a few days, so as the next in the leadership downline, he investigated and found that, shit, this lady is boning this delivery dude in the sterile medicine closet. Monday, he brought it to the head of the hospital, who was friends with the lady boning in the closet. The head of the hospital told the receptionist that Harry had informed her of the incident, which already feels like an HR violation, like so many HR violations here. This woman, who has been after my husband's job for some time, 
routinely bullying him, tells my husband's boss that he was harassing her. The next day, my husband receives a notice that he's put on suspension while they investigate her claim. He's livid because it's baseless. His manager, the head of the hospital, refused to review the footage that said that he said proved she was guilty. The whole thing was a wild goose chase, and my and people came forward on my husband's defense, but the damage was done. He did the whole horse and pony show, meeting with the higher-ups who didn't follow protocol, who said that they didn't follow procedure with him because it was a sensitive topic. They threw out her claim as they admitted it was retaliation for him coming forward about her fucking in a sterile medicine cabinet meant for holding medical supplies used on patients. He was so miserable there, he ended up quitting. The doctor's office slash hospital has gone downhill, and their turnover has doubled since he left. The the receptionist has since his job, and the hospital manager refused to acknowledge that this woman may be the cause of it, despite everyone who has quit citing her as the reason. There's kind of a happy ending to this. He makes double what they paid him now and is doing a third of the work he used to do for that awful place. Yay. I mean, I what I don't get about these toxic work environments is that they close ranks on the most trash people. It literally doesn't make any sense. I'm like, this person is costing you money. They're costing you time. And they're costing you a reputation. Here you are, closing motherfucking ranks. Yeah. it. I mean, to me, I don't really get it. It's a weird... Like, what do you have to lose by firing, like, the person that's obviously and everybody knows is terrible? I don't get it. But that's how I felt about the sauce. Like, he had been working for the company for years, in the in- industry for years, and everyone's like, well, yeah, he's really shitty and no one likes him, blah, blah, blah. Like, and he doesn't even do a good job. And I ended up firing him for not reaching his numbers. And it was just dumb. I'm just like, why did this take so long? <laughs> like, especially in the business you were in where it's all about, like, hitting numbers and meeting quotas. And he couldn't even do that. But he's still there? For what? Is he yeah. a charity case? Yeah, because Was like there still a for a like a nonprofit, <laughs> probably. No, like when I got in there, he was the main one saying like this store isn't gonna hit their numbers, like it never has. I tripled, I tripled. I shit you not, the numbers in that store by just following what the fuck they taught me how to do in training. <laughs> like it's not hard, and. I don't know. And these stories upset me because like so many of our listeners have gone through like psychological, like literal trauma. Like this isn't just like, oh, I don't like my workplace. Like this is like people actually treated you terribly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it affects you for every other work environment. Like you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. That's the rest of our um our listener write-ins. Thank you guys so much for letting us share your stories. Um, And we didn't say this before, but make sure you guys um, send us an email, Unpacked Filth, if there's any other stories that you want to share um, going forward in future episodes. Yes. um, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your feedback. 
If you like this podcast, please share. Please tell with your friends. Rate and subscribe so other people can find us as well. I don't know if you can rate on Spotify, but I know you definitely can on Apple Podcasts. You for sure can follow us on Spotify, and we're on Stitcher. Um, Let's see. We're on a couple other things that you can find podcasts on, but... Um, we've really been getting a lot of traction with you guys doing that since we um, very <laughs> graciously asked you the last couple episodes. <laughs> since we begged. <laughs> and so we're on the road to hitting a thousand streams, which is crazy. We're almost there, guys. So thank you guys so much. And um, anything else you want to say, E with a C? Um, no, just keep sharing. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to seeing y'all next week. Okay, bye.